Hey, welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy podcast, the place where we discuss the hot villains of any gender from any genre that includes crime, drama, action, adventure, romance, and fatal horror. We're your hosts, Markella Dykfus, Natasha Baptiste, and Eric Blake. Welcome to the podcast. It's our second show, and we've got our first guest. Today we're talking about Asami Yamazaki from the film Audition, and to talk about her and the film is my good friend, uh, Teo Acosta. Teo, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm uh, currently working as a 2D artist in the casual games industry, but my real passion is both cartoons and horror. Today we'll probably be mostly talking about horror, but uh, I've been a huge horror fan since I was a kid. I remember the first time I went out and intentionally bought my first horror VHS, and that was Alien, and that kind of skyrocketed me towards loving this. After that, I kind of binge-watched every horror movie I could see, which led to me slowly getting more and more obsessed with finding weirder and weirder and more surreal horror, uh, which led leads us up to today's film, Audition. That's my favorite kind of horror. Yeah. Like, yeah. the weirder it the is. The weirder it is, the better. Cool that you're into cartoons, too, as, like, a <laughs> side. Um, have you been doing anything interesting lately? For the past couple months, uh, in my off hours, I've been working on a cartoon pilot. It's about a metal band that travels around banishing demons in the cyberpunk future. Is it, like, cute, or is it, like, Cartoon Network-y? Uh, I mean, like, Adult Swimmy? Uh, <laughs> I think it, it, the problem is it doesn't, like, fit in either one right now. It's kind of that in-between age range of, like, you just grew out of Cartoon Network, but you're too young to watch Adult Swim legally. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess the demo is, like, 13 to 17. I would watch it as an adult now at 29. That's awesome. What have you been doing? <laughs> hmm? What have you been doing, Eric? Well, Raquel, I've been... <laughs> I just started to work on a suit of Stormtrooper armor, and I'm going to do some charity events once that's built, and just looking forward to interacting with that community. You're doing what? charity events with the suit of armor? Mm-hmm. Once you build a full suit of armor, you generally join the 501st, and they are a charity organization wow. that goes around, and we do appearances in armor, and whether it's a children's hospital or a comic shop, any kind of money they want to pay us, it goes to a charity, either of their choosing cool. or one that's predetermined. That's amazing. That's, that's pretty really, really impressive. It's all for the kids. Yeah. Pretty darn. Um, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. All that exciting other than like working a ton and doing Aww, like work Sasha. well i mean it's fun but i'm doing like some photo shoots soon and like so- doing hair for photo shoots i'm not i was gonna say i saw you no. do uh like hair photos yeah, yeah. We're, i'm gonna be doing more of that but professionally and not with my phone which will be nice okay. and then working with a couple charities i think once a month there's like a, a women's shelter in Everett and they're super strict about everything because they're like for everyone so it's like either if you're in a abusive relationship or you're like on drugs or whatever and you lost your kids like they kind of like rehabilitate all these women and then like it's basically do their hair and get them fixed up so they can go out and to the world and get jobs and Okay, well, now I feel like I'm not doing enough for <laughs> mankind That's right now. That's just starting. <laughs> I haven't really... It's like a new thing. The only thing I've done this month was um, I went to a NBC's Hannibal-themed dinner party. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds Whoa. awesome. I got really dressed up in a nice dress and a nice necklace, and I had dinner, and I talked about Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham and... <laughs> that sounds super exciting. <laughs> well, the plan is in the future, there's a cookbook coming out. It's like Hannibal Lecter, like super fancy food themed. And so we want to get together again and have like a cooking party. So we oh, all just cool. like drink out of big glasses. Yeah. 
and we wear clothes that we hope don't get dirty, and then we eat it. Obviously, have our awesome food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so today we're discussing audition by Takashi Miike. What drew you two to Miike's work, being the biggest fan? Uh, so initially I was. Oh man, how do you even start this? Okay, so yeah, I was as I was saying earlier, I was on a quest to find weirder and weirder horror movies, and I was on this internet forum, uh, and someone posted, "Oh man, I just watched watched Audition, and it's the scariest movie I've ever seen." And I, up to this point, uh, all the movies I had seen, or most of the horror movies I had seen, had all been made in America or in in Europe, and I was like, "Oh, I." I hadn't really considered Japan as being like a place to find horror movies. And I know it seems really ignorant because I'd, I'd love, you know, so many Japanese movies like Kurosawa is one of my favorite directors. But for some reason... We just watched Ran last night. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh I have God. a Seven Samurai tattoo. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, I just never really seeked out Japan for horror movies, which sounds weird now in retrospect. They have such rich, surreal horror that it's like, how did I never know? But anyway, so yeah, I was reading on this forum and then they were like, audition's a scariest movie. Everyone on the thread agreed that it traumatized them or they like stayed in a fetal position for a month afterwards. And I was like, okay, I guess I have to watch this. And so me and one of my college friends, we found a copy of it, we watched it, and then proceeded to watch Audition, which in its true glory is just like absolutely horrific in a really great way. So I didn't know that this was the first movie by him that you saw. Yeah. I think the first one I saw was Old Boy? That's his, right? No, no, no. Old oh, Boy's Korean. My bad. Then I think the first one I saw was Ichi the Killer. Yes. But um, I did get around to audition, and I, I definitely loved it. Where would you say it kind of fits in Mikkei's body of work? He has a pretty specific style. Yeah, uh, I think audition is like a... It fits perfectly into his work. It came out in 1999, uh, in between some other movies. I mean, just on Sakashi Miike is an incredibly prolific director. I mean, he's 55 years old, and I think he's made more than 85 movies in his lifespan. And I think his first movie was in maybe 89, 90. Uh, But yeah, he's made a ton of movies. Between 2001 and 2002, he made 15 movies, which just kind of blows my mind that anyone could have that kind of work ethic. And like common themes in all his movies, well, most of his movies is extreme violence, sexual perversion, and then the Yakuza, which is like really a major theme of each of the killer and like Gozu and a couple of his other movies like Dead or Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive 2. And, you know, Audition definitely hits on the first two of extreme gore and violence and sexual perversion. Although, I mean, Yakuza wasn't involved at all in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a great movie. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Audition was awesome. I mean, the pacing's really good. I, I loved how surreal it was sometimes. Just There was literally that shot when he's on the date with her and they're in a restaurant surrounded by other people and then mid-sentence all the people in the background are gone and then they cut and then they're in another restaurant. The editing that. in the movie was by far what impressed me the most. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. I just, and for some reason when I watch movies on my laptop, I get really into them more than I would like if it's on like a TV or something, mm-hmm. which sounds like a, sh- it's a shitty thing to say, but it's 2016. It just gets me into movies more, and um, that's definitely what I picked up on. You get to hold yeah. it close. There's no escape. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I kind of, I guess it's because it's so close to my face. I'm just, like, really in it. Mm-hmm. So, her name is Asami. She's not the main character, but she, we follow, ugh, okay, well, we follow this guy. How do you Shigeru. 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 It's Shigeru. Yeah. Okay, so we follow Shigaharu, and he is, I, I, don't, I just don't, it's so hard for me to, to describe this movie accurately in words, because... He's an older fella on a quest for love. <laughs> well, it's like, I'm trying to, desc- 
find a simple way to describe these characters, but I feel like I can't even do that without getting all mixed up because in this movie, to me, he's like, he's the bad guy, but he's also the good guy. And then Asami is like the good guy, but she's also the bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the only other two characters in this movie are the son and he's inherently good. And then there's Shigaharu's older businessman friend and he is a bad guy. And then there's, I guess, Asami's father, or stepfather, and he's a bad guy. Yeah. But the two main characters, Shigeharu and Asami, I just... That's what I kept getting, like, kind of mixed up about, too, is when I was reading reviews. Are people thinking the guy in the wheelchair is her stepfather? Because that's not what I got at all. Yeah, isn't he? No, no, the guy in the bag is her stepfather, isn't he? And then the guy Uh, in the wheelchair is her dance teacher oh really the dance yeah. teacher was her stepfather oh yeah. then who's yes. the guy in the bag that all right that's, <laughs> that's, sublime mystery. That's, her, that's her boyfriend from the bar yeah they hint at it there's like oh. two lines of dialogue later in the because film i thought that. the person from the bar was okay was her aunt that she killed that was also abusive and then there was the stepfather and then the teacher I the just, teacher because the teacher acted like he really cared for her when she explicitly described her stepfather as hating her. Well, so I was, like, completely confused. He says, you're wonderful, but then, like, your a, stepfather hated you? Like, I'm so confused right now what's happening. Obviously, he's <laughs> extremely abusive, which is why he loves her, but she says that he hates her because he's a terrible person. Well, yeah, but, like, when she was... still love people, and they're awful to them. <laughs> the ways that she would describe him, I would just, I assumed they were two completely different people. And yeah. I was like, I thought her stepfather was the one in the bag. Mm. And I assumed the guy that that was her stepfather the entire been, time. He could have been her stepfather. Because what did her she's only boyfriend 24. do that she kind of went crazy over and kept him in the bag but killed everyone else? She has a she, perception issue. In yeah. her yeah. eyes, he cheated on her. Yeah. But I'm not sure that that's true. I just want to say that this is why Takashi Miike is a great director, because he set up this movie and in these situations and hints at things, and that it, he wanted you to feel confused and uncomfortable through, like, most of the movie, and oh, even yeah. afterwards, you're still just like, what, what? happened? Or, like, why? <laughs> why? Did, why? Yeah. I was, I was mainly confused because it was like, she seemed really fast and rash with all these other people, but she kept her stepfather alive for all those years, trapped in the weird, like warehouse i mean i guess that's his but then like everyone else died pretty quickly i i don't know i was just kind of like why did she keep her ex-boyfriend in a bag but not her stepfather wouldn't the stepfather well because he's like because that dilapidated art the dance studio that's his bag he has no legs ish yeah he's i don't know i, oh, I think well, it's, i didn't I guess ever it's, consider that she was was she cutting off people's feet because he couldn't walk? I guess. I don't know why I said I guess. I had no idea. I figured it was just her way of making people not leave her. Yeah. Okay, let's describe Asami a little bit. Well, I got I I started out trying to describe Shigaharu and I couldn't. Should we describe a little bit of the plot of the movie for people no. who no? Like, well, like, no, in, because like, the of this it, is or? all this is all spoilers. Okay, I mean, so there's, <laughs> yeah, there's if no you, point in describing. You probably the movie. just watch yeah. this and you're like, I want well, to hear more. this this movie is funny because you could show some, you could cut it into a a, a rom com. Shigaharu's an older man looking for love. Uh, His yeah. buddy suggests he casts an audition. Asami's an unassuming young woman in a big wide world. <laughs> Can she keep the cat in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
I actually saw people online describing it as like a rom-com drama. It's funny because it very much starts off as a rom-com style premise mm-hmm. and then things go terribly right. Well, that's what I was getting to and I kept reading all these things like, oh my gosh, creepiest movie. Well, the only part that really creeped me out was when the guy ate the puke and that was <laughs> pretty much it. Like after that, I was like, this seems like any other kind of the end, did kind the of end, torture. Did the end creep you out? Not really. Uh, the only part that creeped me out about the end was when they were looking at each other and she was reciting everything she had said on the date. And I yeah. was like, well, that's fucking weird. Yeah. But beyond that, that didn't creep me out. And then after reading people's comments, like, is she still alive? Are they going to make another yeah. movie where she's alive? Uh, but, you got to remember, though, this movie came out in 1999. Yes. There have been many movies that came out after this that desensitized the world. Like, oh, like yeah. Hostel, totally. Hostel 2, like yeah. that franchise. Well, I never even watched that. I like more thrillers. I was almost hoping it would be that romantic type comedy shit that twisted. And I was like, oh, that's going to be exactly so cool. That's exactly what it is. His wife died, but there was nothing building up to that to make you sympathize with him other than, like, okay, that sucks. That was in the first, like, two yeah. minutes I thought of the film, it made the know? whole thing so much more And then sad. he was, like, this sad guy for seven years who hasn't fought, but then he was okay with holding an audition for women, which See, was I thought was, like, you're this romantic, but you're okay with an audition other than just walking up to a chick and being, like, this is what confuses me. It, I mean, it's it confuses me, but it's not a negative against the film. It actually enhances the film because Shigaharu, you feel so bad that he lost his wife. He has an amazing relationship with his awesome son. And the whole time that he's holding these auditions, he's it shows that he's like super uncomfortable with it. But And I understand that this was in 1999. Yeah. And I don't know that much about Japan. I have never been there. But watching it... I, I was so uncomfortable. Like, I don't... So when he's at his office table and he's looking at the... Um, what do you call those? Those, like, the, the sheets? Yeah. yeah. The, so the headshots the of the girls. Yeah. Yeah. He's swiping through them like Tinder. Yeah. Except it's non-consensual. These girls don't know that he's doing this. And he's just... I don't know if in 1999 as a viewer, if I'm supposed to be like, oh man, he's having a hard time. Or if I'm supposed to be like completely disgusted that he's doing this. Like he's so not into it. But for me today in 2016, I feel like kind of just don't do it then. Quick <laughs> that it was like, if he's been single for seven years, it's like a reason because he did truly love his wife. He's but not there was that no bad looking. It could have been a quick whatever to their relationship but like there's nothing to that so i was like okay well that that sucks that i didn't know what you guys were like i mean Mm -hmm. really as a couple and then it kind of just sucked that the son was walking down the hall like that sucked more than just him being in the room and then her like dying but it just seemed really weird they're just sitting in the bar they hear really annoying girls laughing and then suddenly they're like let's hold positions really well his (laughs) his older friend he's the sleazeball but well, yeah, he was pretty. But like, what what gross makes him, it, what but... makes him cool? His sleazy older business guy friend. He's cool because the whole time he sees and hears about Asami, he's like, "Oh, that girl's not great." That's the only the first redeeming factor. Yeah. The first warning of the film to stay away. So in the movie, it's arguably seven or eight times he is warned to not uh, <sighs> follow her, and the first one is by his sleazy friend who set this up. Yeah. 
And the second and third. <laughs> but, He's yeah. right. Sleazy friend is right. And it's, yeah. it's funny what you mentioned earlier. There's kind of a relevance to this film when it comes to things like Tinder where, you know, he's trying to use the system to filter out creeps or stuff like that and ironically lands on the creepiest and it's kind of, that's one of people's big fears using things like Tinder is like, yeah. oh my gosh, is this going to be a psycho? Yeah. This is why we needed Tinder in 1999. <laughs> Well, I don't see this being any different than using, like, a dating service or anything like that. So I didn't feel anything was... No, other no, than no, them no. being misleading. Really. But they didn't know. It's yeah, not... Yeah, other than it being misleading and wasting their time, is this his way of being like, I want someone who's, like, well-educated and trained. So how... What's the best way to find that? The difference well, between only. an online dating site is those girls are wanting they know. a guy they to yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. <laughs> I mean, in that time, you know, you didn't have that, so... You hold editions and you can figure out a lot of personal stuff about people that you wouldn't necessarily be able to know in a mm-hmm. normal setting because they're not trying to be famous. <laughs> I wanted to talk about something real quick before I forgot. You mentioned that the they never really show the relationship between Shigaharu and his wife. They just show her, her dying. So auditions based off a novel of the same name. So in the book, he has a lot of flashbacks to relationships with his wife. And it even focuses more on the relationship with the woman in his office who's in love with him. And it talks yeah, about those things yeah, more, which are, which are just, like, really brief in the movie. Yeah. And I think that's just the constraints of a film. It's just, yeah. like, you know, you have so many hours that you can do. Yeah. She was like, I'm getting married. And she had to look no up. one you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stand here. Yeah. And, like, wait. And then he gets in the elevator, and he's just like, shit. Like, dude, do something. Make a move. I also liked his relationship with the housekeeper lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They seem more like family. So he lands on the photo of Asami, and he likes what she has to say, but I was trying to figure out if they were trying to tell us something with just that photo of her, because that's what Shigahara is going off of. And so I really stared at it, and to me, it looked like she seemed super cute and innocent, but also at the same time, she kind of looked sinister, but maybe I was just because I was really looking. I was trying to figure that out, too, because he was more drawn to her from her picture. And then when he read about how it felt like she went through a death when she couldn't dance anymore, he was like, oh, shit, she knows that feeling of great loss. Yeah. And that kind of connected them before they even met. And I was trying to figure that out, too, like, looking at her, like, does she look like his wife? How is that any different from any other photo that he really looked at? So how would you describe Asami? She was, she was weird from the get-go. Like, I thought she was weird I thought from she was the weird. very beginning. You thought she was weird? Oh, from the very beginning. Even the way she spoke, it almost felt like a little girl speaking, and I was like, why is she speaking like that? And why are you so attracted to it? It was so weird. I was curious how old she was in the movie, and they actually said in the film that she was 24. I also, I I saw someone online saying, I'm not sure why she would be attracted to Shigaharu, just in general, and I don't understand why Shigaharu might necessarily be attracted to her because of her personality, but over and over and over again in the movie, they talk about how, like, just really nonchalant, they're just like, well, she's just very obedient, she's very respectful, like, yeah. What were the, I, I can't remember some of the other words, but it was just so, it all sounded like bullshit to me. It sounded so terrible, but. That's a, that's a big part of Japanese culture, is that, yeah. that women are supposed to be obedient. Ugh. And, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I feel word. like they exaggerated all the other applicants. They had the girl come in and she just like, stripped. Yeah. And then had another girl with not really crazy hair, but she had like pigtails and she definitely had an identity. Every other person had an identity and she was just like, 
all white, wearing, like, nurse's shoes. I mean, she looked pretty quaint. I, I also looked up what the significance of her wearing white the entire film was, but... For the most part, tra- just traditionally in Japan, wearing all white symbolizes death. And they people like to wear that kind of stuff like at funerals and things like that. And it's when not... you commit suicide, you wear all white. Really? Oddly okay, enough. I didn't read that. In ancient cool. Japan, anyways. And I mean, I'm sure it's not that big of a thing. Like, we in America wear black during funerals. And we are supposed to wear green on St. Patrick's Day. But I feel like in this movie, obviously he was having her wear all white for a reason. What I did notice was we see them go on two different dates and she's wearing really outrageous coats, like super 90s coats. Like they were all, there was like a, really? (laughs) Oh my gosh, her fur coat. I was so in love with that. It didn't match her outfit. But I think that that was the point. I think that she wears all white all the time, and she was trying to impress him, so she just, like, got a coat that didn't even match, I guess. I I think in the more immediate sense, it just implies a purity, and she's just trying to keep that veil up of purity, and wants she wants a very pure relationship where only one person... The person who loves her only loves her. And she holds holds on to the past immensely. She keeps it in a bag. I mean, quite literally... She holds on to things, makes sure they can't leave, yeah. and, you know, she can't let go. No. Which leaves no room for <laughs> Shigaru. She also has really traditional, like, I guess, I mean, like I said, I, I can't relate in any way to what an older man would want from a wife in 1999 in Japan, but I know that traditionally, okay, she's wearing all white, she's very obedient, and she's very... Uh, quiet but she also has that long ass straight black hair and that's like important over there god, i shouldn't say over there god that's so fucking a racist. list of villains <laughs> who have the long black hair it's really years. yeah it's a really cool thing to have long black hair there it's traditional and that is what he's looking for i guess and he doesn't seem that traditional himself, so I don't know why, you know, that's such a big deal. It might have also been that his wife had long black hair. And also I think yeah. his wife played piano too, which I yeah. know someone brought up earlier, but that might have been more of why he was so, he became so infatuated with her. Oh, yeah. and he was so superficial too about like, oh, maybe she can play music too. What do I want in a wife? I want her to play some kind of musical instrument. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> he wanted her trained in the art. So he wanted her to be to like, have a skill. Yeah, to have some kind of skill in that in that manner. All right. I think he was just trying to recreate his wife, and he was like, "Well, what's the best way I can do this?" Yeah. And sometimes people come up with really dumb plans so. <laughs> <laughs> when they're desperate. Did you say submissive earlier to mm. describe her? Subservient. Subservient is. Uh, Got it. The ideal. As it has been described to me. I wrote submissive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and icy. She seems like a bitch. And actually... <laughs> and she didn't seem that submissive to me, but she seemed like she was manipulative more than anything. Like, I'm gonna be who you want me to be so I can tell you what I want. Yeah, she was clearly insane because when she was not out on a fun date, she was just sitting on the floor. That was the cool... I was like, finally, it's getting weird. And then it took forever to get to the really weird part. I will say, because I was watching the movie also to see how to gauge my temperature on Asami. And I didn't like her. This podcast is about whether we think these characters are hot or not. And I I thought she was really cool for a second. I think when they were in the cab. 
and she smiled. And I don't know if that was like an accident on the actress and they just kept it in the film, but she kind of smiled a little bit and I was like, aw, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked that. I liked it when Asami smiled. She smiles once, I think maybe by accident, but I, that's about it. So I was wondering, Teo, since you like this movie so much, yeah. do you like Asami? As a character? or Well, I, mean, I guess, yeah. Start there. Start there. Uh, well, I guess she's not really likable in any sense because she's manipulating this person and then destroying them in a sense. They're trapping them. And is there a word for like cutting someone's foot off? Dismembering. Dismembering. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think they're likable at all in that context. And I mean, also the fact that she's drugging him. Some people have theories online that she was drugging him earlier in the film. Oh. Hmm. Is that? Hmm. Is this that weird? Or was that you? He's got a theory for later. Is that your sure. theory? No, I have a different theory later that uh, I will okay. reveal. But I want to makes... talk to her more more as a, a human first before we get into anything else. That makes more sense because he would have these weird flashbacks throughout the film. Specifically, After her, the first that... time you really get hit with a flashback or, or is, is that is like right right at the climax of the film, right before she starts dismembering him, right before he falls down, and it, yeah. it has that. And like that, you would think is like part of the drug. And then also, after watching it, you think back, you're like, oh, that kind of happened when they had the no-sex sex scene. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Because uh, he wakes up and he has, like, a hangover, and, like, they weren't drinking. They didn't show right. them having yeah. that. He sees, like, him. They hadn't even gone out yet. And the bellhop says, oh, I've been trying to call you for hours, but no one picked up. Which is another hint that he had either been passed out for hours yeah. or that. And then also what I was saying earlier about, like, the surreal editing. When they were dating, it just changed scenes. Yeah. Like, literally, location without any, no one, other than you being like, wait, what? Just, so what he might that? have been blacking yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah. So the fancy cutting was him blacking out. And that's that's one theory. Okay. So I actually, that reminded me, when they slept together mm-hmm. and then things kind of get a little bit wonky. Was that the moment that... Where's the moment in the movie that shows the guy coming out of the bag? That's, that's when he's, when he's searching yeah. for her. Yeah. So he's... No, no. When so he, how... he doesn't see the bag until he's drugged. Yeah. Which brings up some questions again. About... I mean, yeah. I just because feel like... Because it's a whole weird thing. Because then he's like kind of getting a blowjob from... Was it? Was that yeah. the same girl his, that his, his son it, was it, was it was three yeah. different women. What I'm confused about is when she's sitting by the phone, it's showing her actually sitting by the phone and they, she has that bag there that moves. But when he's hallucinate, hallucinating, he is in her apartment that he's never been to before yep. and the guy comes out of the bag. Yep. So how does he know that? He's not clairvoyant. Yeah. But there so was another she, part yeah. in the film Wait, where he's <laughs> at dinner and it's that same dinner it's like a dark really? restaurant and he looks over at his dead wife and he goes isn't she nice and his dead wife is like no like yeah but that's get out but there. he knows and then i feel like but, from there it's an eye-opener like no she's not he knows what his wife looks like he's never been to asana's yeah. apartment yeah i know but i'm saying i feel like maybe the hallucination of his wife his wife is being like no and there's another theory that there's it was all ghosts and i was like that would make sense because then how the hell did he get to her apartment and find all this shit when he was asking his wife or his dead wife about asami and then all of a sudden he's like in her apartment and seeing all this shit and he's like what the fuck is happening are you saying he physically went to her apartment no i'm saying like his wife was showing him no she's oh. not good for you okay here's why okay and then and it's showing them like so it's not so you're saying it might not be that he's clairvoyant it's just that he's hallucinating and his ghost wife shows him 
Asami is a real apartment. Yeah. She's not a good girl. She's not this good okay. woman that you're assuming she is. That's the only thing that I could connect the two. Because Asami didn't see him in the apartment. He was just kind of in the corner. And she's like puking in this dog bowl. And then yeah. gives it to him. And was like, all right, cool. I just want to point out, back on the idea that he was being drugged beforehand, it is possible she drugged him in between restaurants and took him to the place while he was blacked oh, out. Because he's kind of just standing there not in it, interacting anymore, which kind of like makes it dreamlike. But if he was that sedated... That's what I was going to bring up. Oh, that makes she, sense Because I mean, she totally ignores him too and just like feeds the guy puke, which and still he, made me gag. Yeah, I've seen this movie. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I almost puked. It's so like, gross. When I saw that, uh, I was like, no, no. Yeah, it is. No. It is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't even get gory at that point, but no. oh, it's so good. That it's was just, the most disturbing part. I was like, now that's fucked. That's a very submissive That is like That is much uh, more about submission than subservience. That's probably <clears throat> the most fucked up thing you could probably do. I honestly couldn't handle the end. I remember walking into Hollywood Video, which is a video store that is no longer in business, by the way. No, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You get all the movie like, candy. There's candy. Yeah, you can get all the movie <laughs> candy that you can't find at like Safeway or something. So I was there, and I audition was on the shelf, and it was brand new, and I had heard of it from TV, and I have to tell you, a lot of my memories from these older movies, I remember seeing like specials on them on, t- on TV just very vague and I I can't imagine they do that kind of stuff anymore but somehow I knew about audition I knew that it was really intense I knew it was very scary and I had made a decision that even though I wanted to see it I wasn't going to see it because I didn't think I could handle it and since then I've seen Hostel I've watched Saw I watched The Human Centipede they were fine and so I thought going into this podcast episode that I'd be able to watch audition and um I don't think I was ready to watch it yet (laughs) The end was horrific to me. She's Reading? very unassuming. Like yeah. the scary doctor in Human Centipede and the people in Hostel, you can tell that they're evil. But her, she she does I this ninety degree turn on you. And I just... never watched either one of those because I was like, no. But... With those movies, with Saw, it's like there's no person there doing those things to you. It's like uh, trap, like traps and stuff. And with Hostel and Human Centipede, it's people harming like doing torture on people but they like if they if you scream a little bit they'll kind of stop or like tease you because they like the torture yeah there's like beats but with asami and the end of this film it's like driving a car she's just going there's no there's no beats to it it's just like a steady pace of like it doesn't matter what you're doing she's just going and there's literally like you get the sense that literally nothing will stop what she's doing I ended up liking her more when she was her true self than when she was like. I was gonna say that too. Playing the nice girl, I was like, how does he not see that she's just like being nice the whole time with the needles, which is like the huge part of that movie. She's just like, was it Kiri, Kiri, Kiri? But it was Kitty, yeah, yeah. And she like would giggle while she was doing it and looking up all the different translations. And for like in English, it was what was it? I think it was deeper, deeper. In other translations, it's cut, and then in German, it ended up translating to tickle. I was like, this is like, (laughs) that just kind of made that whole part of the movie. I was like, whoa, that is so crazy. And watching it again when she's just giggling, and I was like, in German, that translates to tickle? Like, tickle, 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 ha. (laughs) And then even when she, she like scooted forward on him over the the needles. needles. Whoa, that is 
ballsy. <laughs> I actually found her to be more attractive in that scene, and it's yeah. not because of what she was wearing, but well, just it her, that her outfit yeah. was. Quite yeah, excellent. It absolutely yeah. helps. But I, I found it more interesting that even if she was wearing her regular, like, kind of white, whatever, just like her clothes. Well, I mean, she was wearing that underneath that leather. Yeah, she just um, had like a face. leather smock. So even if she wasn't super sexy at that point, visually, just her whole personality was like, she's playing. She seems really happy about this. So in that scene, that was the first time we really saw her having fun or being herself, which yeah. is more attractive than the fake character she was playing yeah. before, yeah. which the actress did an incredible job of her performances earlier in the film. Whenever she's like on the dates and stuff, she's always very oddly postured yeah. and kind of like uncomfortable in a sense, especially compared to that scene where she's like relaxed. Her movements are all much larger. She's stomping around as opposed to like the shuffle walk. This is me. Like yeah. this is this is what you get. I feel like she overplayed being shy almost to like, OK, he's an older dude and he's probably going to like this. That's part of the manipulation, so right? And I'm going to just play like really coy and like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited you called me. I didn't think you'd ever call me. Like, why wouldn't you? You're half his age. Of course he was going to call you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but when she was like telling him all of her like the abusive stories and getting kind of real, even that seemed super rehearsed. Like, okay, so when I was a kid, my stepdad would do all this crap to me. And my, my aunt that I stayed with did all this shit to me and she owned this bar and da da da. It just seemed like she just had said it so many it times before. It was incredibly rehearsed. That yeah. she was just, oh, but play sad. So he thinks, oh, this is a really traumatizing. It still worked on me though, because obviously she's so fucked up that those things really happened. When I look at both of these characters, Shigaharu and Asami, I feel bad for both of them, but I see the not-so-great things that they've done. Obviously, what she does is a thousand times worse. <laughs> like, I still felt bad for her. But I thought it was interesting that while she was explaining it to Shigaharu, it was while she was a child, and then it towards the end, it showed her as an adult. He burned her again with the metal... So there's like two different instances and she was like, well, come over here. What are you going to do? And yeah. as a child, she was like super scared. And it was kind of crazy. Like you kind of still saw the twist of like, yeah, she's totally not afraid of this shit anymore. Like she's pretty cool right. with it. Because she it even twice. says, she says pain is the truth. That's how she's learned to take control of everything that's happened yeah. to her before. Would you guys prefer her personality without the leather murder suit on or her personality with it? Yeah, I thought that was more authentic. I think that makes her character, that's what makes her a good villain. Is The manipulation is everything, but once she gets into her zone, that's that was really the artistic yeah. moment. That yeah, same, really like, hands down, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't stand her without the leather on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Name of the podcast. My favorite. <laughs> <So> my dad's in. <laughs> <laughs> So this might be a good time for me to... Uh, What's this, you guys... What are your deep yeah. musings? So I have this theory, and I, I did some Googling, and I couldn't really find anyone else who had written about this, but, you know, I didn't spend too much time on it. So I have a theory that she is not human, that she is a supernatural being, either some kind of demon or something. I tried looking through Japanese mythology to find some kind of oni or yokai that kind of, like, hides in human skin. But my first reasoning for this is that a couple times throughout the movie, the surreal editing... And that only ever happens when he's alone with her. And if she is a supernatural being, she could affect him on some kind of level, like making him black out for periods of time or, you know, other other moments where she can manipulate things he sees. Another reason that I'm saying this is because 
Noli never can find any information on Asami. All of her references and people, she does not exist. And in that same logic, she's in an abandoned apartment just sitting next to a phone. And it doesn't look like she eats other than on these dates with him. Her body posture when she's sitting there just kneeling on hardwood. When they're on that date, she doesn't drink her beer. I didn't yeah. see on the first day what she was eating, but I paid attention the second time. Yeah. And also that was another one of those cuts that made me think it was supernatural is because the fact is that the beer was the same height between the cuts in all the scenes. So when they were jumping, the beer was always the same level, unless she was drugging him. And I mean, this is this is my fan theory, so we'll, we'll lean into this, but uh, that she was like affecting his mental state. The other one is that when he goes to the piano recital, there's this guy just sitting there playing the piano. I think that's a hallucination that she is putting into him or like projecting those images in him to instill the story that she told him. He never found like records. There's no no other character in the movie other than her. This supernatural being is saying, oh, here's my backstory. I was abused as a child by this person. And then also like from a film nerd when he goes in there the lighting completely changes it goes to this classic film blue it was very which is, surreal which is yeah. surreal or supernatural or even ghost-like you know what i mean yeah. which which is interesting yeah. he said somebody other people were saying ghosts yeah. were involved but i was thinking that if she's this obsessed with him she was probably stalking him in between points especially once he started going out to find her and you know that guy in the piano place can't be real because he will He's in a wheelchair and the whole place is boarded up. You know, he had to break in to get to this place. And so this yeah. person couldn't still be living there. Yeah, I mean, unless she was his handler and kept him alive. But it's still, it's still, that That's seems... Still, that could be because she's doing that to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, so with that theory, what about the guy that Shigeharu meets in the the staircase when he goes to that bar? To that bar. And he knew about all that oh, stuff. Oh, I just, I just wanted Is to he say, a... he could be, or he could have just been somebody, because that bar did exist at some point, okay. and someone was murdered there. And so if the lines were like, I can't remember his dialogue on that, but he was saying that someone was there and then they were cut up and then they found three fingers and a tongue. Was that? Yeah. Also yeah. just a film nerd part. He has to descend through red lighting. He's literally going into hell at that moment. Oh, yeah. He goes down three flights of stairs very cautiously, and he gets his final warning from that guy being like, don't go there. That place is closed. And then that's when he gets every, everything else happens. Oh, just another point on the demon thing. The real reason that this kind of sparked me is that she was very odd, and then she changes to this other persona when, like, her natural self when she's cutting off his feet. But when she falls down the stairs, there's, like, this point where her neck starts pulsating and i'm like that nothing human can do that and that's kind of what started that and also when afterwards they're like oh she's dead because she broke her neck then she starts talking afterwards so i I can debunk my theory by the way Uh, so so (laughs) the theory i came up with i started but i started researching more and just again to talk about takashi mike's filmography whenever he does demons he does demons whenever he does ghosts he does ghosts he pushes it you're never like Oh, there could be a ghost. Like, he has a movie called The Great Yokai War, and they're all, like, demons with, like, weird makeup. Yeah. In his more recent film, The Yakuza Apocalypse, uh, a kappa demon just shows up, and it has a beak, and it has, like, feather head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so from that point in his filmography and the way he makes movies, uh, he wouldn't subvert the audience by not, like, oh, she's a demon. Like, he wouldn't sneak that in as a theme, which makes it down one point. Also, earlier, he, in an interview, I think in, like, 2001 or 2002, he was saying that he thinks humans are a lot scarier than horror movies. Uh, or their ability to do that. So her just being a normal person is more scary to him than the idea oh, of a monster. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is true, because it's fucking yeah. terrifying that uh, somebody would just, like, do this to somebody she else. She has a very trickster spirit yeah. quality to her, though, so your theory resonates. It's kind of fun to think about it like that, just because there is such a psychedelic quality to the movie already. Yeah. It takes you for such a, a little trip. 
And just a little bit, another note on that, the theory is that why, or how is she doing this? How does she find him? Because she just shows up at the audition. And if, if you think of it as a supernatural element, she could be punishing him for trying to, for doing what he was doing with like the swiping right with the audition yeah. things because he's trying to subvert the system and take advantage of all these women that this is his punishment for doing that like she's asking to be his only one where mm-hmm. like that's impossible if he was married before he has a kid she could just be punishing him for like well i mean why is asami at the audition in the first place is she really trying to be an actress or yeah, did so she just randomly maybe see the other thing is maybe she's done this multiple times maybe mm-hmm. she just goes through guys and bags and that isn't her boyfriend even though the bag we have no idea who that person is yeah All right. yeah we're just assuming it's someone we just yeah and then natasha you wrote down here sadist personality disorder i didn't even think to look up anything like that Basically, just people's comments like, okay, what's with torture? Because this is something that people are into. I found a bunch of random shit, like, because I mainly just looked up amputee fetishes, and then it just opened a plethora of doors. So uh, there's people who fetishize people who are amputees, and there's people who want to be amputees, like, Mm -hmm. are sexually attracted to that. But I didn't see that in the film at all. I mainly just saw that she liked to torture people yeah. and she was just really really into it i don't know if she got any sexual pleasure because they didn't really like dive into that too much but she did get pleasure i was torturing people and the biggest part of that was when the guy came out of the bag and she fed him her puke and he was happily eating it yeah. and she was happily watching the end of the movie didn't seem it's sex- i mean sexual at all but the bag part was really fetishy because that's what people do like, they'll keep people... Remember Pulp Fiction when they have the, the gimp in the box? Yeah. It's pretty much the exact same thing. You know who the yeah. sub and dom is in that relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> but to me, I didn't, I didn't get a sense that she was Actually, sexually wait, I just want to say that usually subs are the real master because they are the ones that get to say, no, I don't want this. Or, yes, mm-hmm. I like this. And... The, the dom is the one that's actually giving the sub all of their pleasure. So in a dom-sub relationship, it's really a win-win. the sub is actually the dom. You just don't mm-hmm. call it that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but just looking through, I don't know. I looked up status and that was probably the closest okay. description yeah, I didn't of what she was think to look that up. doing. But mainly because she was the only one getting pleasure out of it, but she wasn't really getting, like, it didn't seem sexual. It just seemed like she was just, like, happy to see people in pain. Like, it was just really fun for her. Yeah. And especially with the needles, that was probably the main thing, too. All of her torture was very, it seemed, like, prolonged. I'm going to make you feel this for, how can I make you feel this for years and years? Well, okay, I'm going to cut out your tongue. I'm going to cut off your fingers i'm gonna cut off your legs so you can't leave so i can watch you live in agony for as long as i'd like it just was really painful for me to watch because syringes scare me so bad that i've had nurses refuse to give me shots until i calm down (laughs) um i've had up to four nurses holding me down and asking me how old i was while i answer them in tears and then the last time i finally had the courage to get a shot as I was driving home I pulled over to the side of the road and I threw up <laughs> afterwards <laughs> um, I think that's so, pretty like normal though a lot of people have like a 
Yeah, but so, but that's why I think that was this, especially hard for you. This yeah. movie was really rough for me to watch, and I didn't turn away. But it was <laughs> had it fine. been like knives, I probably would have had the same reaction. But with needles, I was just like, All right. yeah, I can see that. If she was doing that with a knife, I suppose it would have been worse, yeah. if not the same for most people. You're right. Yeah. I mean, anything poking into your body sucks. Yeah. And how he acted when she was doing the needles was really wow. his performance doing a of being really paralyzed good person being guy. tortured was really good. It was <laughs> so good. <laughs> I think wow, you just jogged my memory. So I think the reason why I had heard about audition and decided not to watch it way back then was because at the time there was a TV show. I think got canceled in its first season. But it was a TV show. It was kind of like Twilight Zone, Outer Limits themed. It was like a horror. Every episode was going to be different. And I think the first or second episode was about these guys in a log cabin. And at the end, a guy took that stuff so he was paralyzed, but he could feel everything. And this older man just like tortured him until he died. And so because I saw that, I heard that that's what audition was. Oh, man. And I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> no, I can see this. Wow, I wish yeah. I could remember what that show was. It was actually very scary for a TV show, and it totally got canceled, like, right away. It's too hardcore yeah, for I was TV. Actually, well, of course, I was watching it after work, and so I was already tired. But I was like, okay, there is literally nothing happening. And I was reading through different people's reviews. And Wait, nothing reviews, happening for what? For audition, like, for the first hour and 20 minutes, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> why why is everyone saying like this is the craziest okay i wrote something movie. down i would watch this movie because i also ran into a lot of people saying it was just incredibly boring and one person was like oh i had a bunch of people over to watch it at a party and we were just bored we almost fell asleep and i and so i wrote down i would watch this film like a drama thriller Kind of like, and not a horror film, like when you watch Gone Girl by David Fincher. Obviously, I understand that it's a more modern movie, and the first half of Gone Girl is more interesting because it's a, it's very much like a whodunit, like mystery type thing, and then they switch. But I feel like if you watched it like a David Fincher movie, like The Game or something, it would run a lot better as, so you know what you're getting into. It's a creepy I have drama. Like, I, and then the end is a fucking horror film, and you just have to wait. <laughs> I was, I don't know what the word is, but every review I read was like, this is incredible. Like, people said that they were in fetal position for a month after watching. I was. Fuck. All right. It and took so me two then days. I got more fucked up watching Respiratory Dreams than That's like different. this movie. Because it just felt like the buildup was so tame, and then it went from literally like zero ten. Yeah. They were just eating dinner, and then there's some guy eating puke out of a bag. One into the other with no real actual escalation of what was happening. If they would have showed what her life was outside of them meeting for dinner, I think it would have been a little bit more like, oh, crap, like she's... I don't think the ending would have had the same crazy. impact, though. Yeah. Like, I think the fact that it was so calm up until the very end is what made yeah. the ending so, so intense. intense. And, and that's yeah. what caused everyone to be so upset in all those yeah. reviews, because... We were watching this. It's it's 2016. This movie came out in yeah. 1999. A lot of those people probably didn't have the same amount of years build up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like so, they're like, "Oh yeah, it's a scary movie. It's messed up." Oh, like, yeah. Okay, check that out. Or they rented it by accident in the horror section, and then we're like, "What's happening in this movie?" Yeah. Stated to it, and then saw this insane climax. If you Google audition, there's a couple things that come up. You'll see the woman with the needle, or yeah. someone will be like yeah. foot cut off or drugs. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like those. That's what everyone talks about now, and you can't even like avoid the search. Yeah. Engine turns no, now, so. Yeah. I don't know. 
like it was cool. The Dorcas names were really cool, but the buildup. I think you have to know exactly what you're getting into and be into it before you start watching. Because I, I knew it was a good film. I knew that a lot of people liked it. I know that Japanese horror is really slow. Mm-hmm. I had all the appropriate reactions for what they were going for making it. Yeah, it's it, you really have to watch it either by yourself or with a couple other people. Yeah. Or in, a th- in a theater, it might have, I can't even imagine seeing this in a theater. Yeah. It would have been so. If you put audition right next to like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, just think of it as one of those movies. It's a thriller drama that's slow and creepy. But hey, bonus at the end, it's really, really gross and yeah. scary. And oh, the and end intense. is like. So it's actually better. With the buildup of how crazy everyone explained the ending to be and how everyone described the characters throughout the movie, I was just expecting it to be way creepier. I actually, so does anybody know anything about Reddit? Mm-hmm. Okay. You might have to teach me about Reddit because I, I know nothing about it, but I tried going in there. <laughs> I saw that Asami made almost all of the uh, female villain lists. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> yeah. People were mostly like, oh, black leather latex? wire syringe hot i saw a lot of female cosplay um i saw that mostly it was younger girls talking about asami and i don't i don't know if it was all entirely like cosplay related but interesting note kind of in all the releases of this film generally most places called Takashi Miike a horrible evil person except in London where they called him a feminist <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> was that the power of you? Yeah, I yeah, came just... across some like oh audition is a feminist film yeah I thought that was just really interesting I think, I think that's terrible <laughs> really to look up <laughs> That might play somewhat into the, I don't know, young women. I didn't see it as a feminist movie, but I saw how unfeminist his um, awful business partner friend was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's really rooting for her, but I guess you're not really that upset that this bad per- this person who's being lecherous is getting punished, you know, I, I guess in a sense. No, I do feel bad for him. I, I mean, he shouldn't have gone that extreme, but it was still kind of crappy of a thing to do. Was <laughs> he was warned. I feel like his only fault was that he listened to his... His sleazy friend. His sleazy friend. So one other thing I saw was... So Asami is attractive. She looks she looks nice. She uh, wears cool clothes. <laughs> it's latex. But also someone brought up the idea of villains who speak in elevated language. Proper language or just speech that we don't normally use. Everything that she says is very precise, and she kind of... There's like a quote that she says at the end of the movie. Oh, she says um, she says things like, words create lies, pain can be trusted. And so it's kind of like the cerebral fancy speech that I think maybe kind of makes people more attracted to a character like that, because they speak so differently. It's interesting, everything she does is very rehearsed, all of her lines, the way that she dismembers people. And it goes with the theme of the audition. She should have got that movie role. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of food should you make for audition? Ooh. For Freddy Krueger, we made, what, raspberry so, quiche? Yeah. No, yeah, it was like it was a quiche, quiche. With... that we cut with knife fingers or something. Yeah. Oh, so like, it's, a, it's a food that represents the movie? Yeah. What about Dinner, shepherd's pie? It's like dinner in a podcast. Because oh. you have to cut into it and it's kind of barfy looking on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking like one of those cheese platters where you have the the, the cheese cutters that is the, yeah the, the wire the wire yeah. cheese cutter Ooh. and then you just stick the um, toothpicks into the cheese and you eat it mm. yeah 
<laughs> All right, uh, Eric, is Asami Yamazaki hot or not? I think she's hot and a great villain because the facade completely hides this this deeper character who is a representative of several fetishes that people, I think, can connect to and have gone through. And her victims, you never get to find out exactly what sets her off. So it's she's deep and horrifying, and I think it sticks with you afterwards. So yeah, good villain. Natasha, definitely. what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think she's a good villain. Um, but is she hot? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. She's, like, hot pretty much in every... Every kind of category, I guess you can kind of think of. One part of the movie, she's really kind of like, uh, not so much submissive, but she seems very demure. Like, oh, woe is me. I'm a girl and had a rough life, but whatever. Like, you know, just like really soft. And then, yeah. What are you going to do? I'm Japanese. Yeah. Exactly. At the end, she's this super confident, ballsy chick, so I feel like no matter which side of the road you're on, you're probably going to find her attractive. Um, I do not think she's hot at all. I <laughs> I understand now that there's definitely two different personalities to her in this movie, and this first personality, like, I wouldn't want her to be my friend, I wouldn't want to be around her, I dislike her greatly in the first half of the film, and in the second half, she's just so mean. She's just so mean. And and so, despite her hot clothes and her beautiful face and her fun personality, I just hate her. <laughs> I just hate her. <laughs> so, no, I don't. It's a no for me. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, no, I think she's hot. I think she's hot and she's a good villain. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> and I loved her coat. Her fur coat was my favorite. I also she's hot because of her I read clothes. a rumor that they're going to make a U.S. remake of Audition. Ugh, I know. They're gonna have Scarlett Johansson play Asami. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> I was trying to say that at the end, like, like oh. Scarlett Johansson and, and uh, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> also, they're making, they're making a Ringu versus the Grudge movie because in Japan, oh, I saw that. those franchises have continued. So there's many Ringu movies and Grudge movies. Oh. So it's at the point of like Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, and I, yeah. Like, I like I haven't seen any of the. You know, I've seen Ring and uh, Grudge, but like I'd love to see what monstrosity of a film that is where they come together to fight okay so we uh we have our creep corner stories our creep story corner <laughs> and no one has sent us anything yet but we really want to hear from you guys thankfully we had a guest today but if you have movie and tv villains that strike your fancy send us personal stories on why you feel a certain way about a certain bad guy we're going to read these stories in a couple different ways. If we have enough stories on a particular character, we'll hold off on reading them until we have an episode centered around that character. For instance, if we get a bunch of stories about Kylo Ren, obviously we're going to do a Star Wars Force Awakens Kylo Ren episode, so we might hoard those until we're going to do it. But if it's something super obscure, then we're just going to stick it on to... If we had an obscure character, we would, for instance, stick it on the end of this episode, but we have nothing. So please, I've lived my whole life with people saying that they were super into like a villain of any sort. So I know you guys are out there. Please send us your shit. <laughs> um, your creepy shit. Your yeah. creepy shit. Send it to hotbadpod at gmail.com and that is spelled H-O-T-B-A-D-P-O-D. Eric, who are we doing for our next episode? Next 
episode, we will be doing Moriarty, the extremely puzzling and frustrating villain from the TV show by the BBC, Sherlock. If you want to send us some stories regarding your relationship to Moriarty and how he bedevils you, go ahead and send them out. We're going to start taking notes and we'll have a great show for you. I love Moriarty. To find us on the web, Google Hot Bad Pod. It leads you to our Twitter account, our Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr page. Subscribe to us on iTunes by searching Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Aww. Thanks for joining <laughs> us, too. Oh, wait, wait. Did oh, you yeah. want to plug anything? No. Okay, are you sure? Yeah. I mean, if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at Teo Acosta. Okay. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. 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 And we can always add stuff like that in the Facebook or Instagram post. Like, follow Teo or anything. <laughs>